Good morning, everybody. I'm so glad to be with you this morning, and uh, I thank the Lord. Man, we had a great gathering earlier at River Islands. It started off kind of cold, but it was a phenomenal time, and we'll celebrate that together uh, with you in just a little bit about what the Lord did. This is a very, very special Sunday. Before, before I get going here, I want to say thank you. Last week, Pastor Trinity, didn't she do a fantastic job ministering the Word? Just a great job. It's not easy to, to do, but it's really not easy to do when you didn't prepare the message, and she did it better than I could have. And really, really I, was, I was at home watching and really, really was grateful for what the Lord was doing, and I'm so thankful for your faithfulness and your, your being here. All right, well, um, let, let's go ahead and get started this morning. If you've got your Bible, open it up, please. Uh, we're going to be looking at the book of Romans today, Romans chapter 10, so you can kind of get ready for that. If you are new to church this morning, this is a very special day. This is a day that we call Miracle Offering Sunday. And uh, uh, maybe I'll just say that again. This is a day that we call Miracle Offering Sunday. Isn't that exciting? It's exciting because uh, we are going to take the kingdom of God, advance the kingdom of God further and faster than we ever thought that it was possible. Before we get started too much today, I want to tell you that this is not about your money. Somebody say amen. amen. It's not about your money. So if you're watching online or if you're watching here or if you're a part of this now or you're part of this and watching it in the future, this is about advancing the kingdom of God further and faster than we ever thought possible. So you were not invited here today for your resources. Today is a day that's unlike any other day. It's a day where people are going to make sacrificial gifts, sacrificial investments so we can build the kingdom of God. And I thought, you know what we need to do first before we get started is we need to explain kind of what's going on this year. Hadn't this been a crazy year? <laughs> just to say the least. It's been a, it's been a crazy year, and, and it's been a crazy year for the church as well. What I want to do is talk to you a little bit about what, what we call the new life network. All right, so my writing is kind of sloppy, but you kind of got to stay with me because you need to know the church and how the church is going. Ten years ago this Easter, we started the Lathrop campus right here uh, in, in Lathrop, California. And at that juncture, we had felt as though this is what God wanted us to do. How many of you know that God's word is not a high beam halogen for you in your life? It is a, his word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. And so he leads us kind of one step at a time. And we presume or we assume that we know what God is doing, that we know that this is kind of the end of what God is taking us to. Turns out that's not what God, uh, what God just wanted for us was, was to have our influence here in the city of Lathrop. Now we also know in the city of Lathrop, we also have started our, we pre-started what we call a pre Relaunch to our River Islands campus. Next weekend, out at River Islands, where we have church uh, at the boathouse, is the last weekend that we'll be having our services there. By design, this is an outdoor campus that will meet from Easter to Thanksgiving. And so we'll take off at Thanksgiving until Easter because of the weather, and we'll encourage those folks to get involved in groups and make sure that they come to this campus, which is still close to them. Uh, but people, a lot of people enjoy that outdoor environment. We've got great teams that are there, beautiful setting, and an amazing time of worship, worshiping the Lord. So we've got our Lathrop campus and our River Islands campus. We also have our Stockton, uh, which we started a few years ago. We've, we've affectionately called it South Stockton. We're going to kind of change the term 
uh, just a little bit. And we want to we want to say thank you to Veronica and her leadership and what she's doing in Stockton, tearing it up there. Listen, we had a meeting. The determination was made the, the, the community centers aren't going to open back up again. It could be another year before they open back up again. Uh, for whatever, you know, we're talking about uh, their community, their city owned, which is government and well, that kind of stuff. So we said, well, we've got to just do something. So we just took some pop-ups and popped them up right on their lawn and decided we're going to have it anyway. We're going to continue on reaching the people. And by design, our Stockton, it's evolved into this, but by design, our Stockton uh, ministries, our Stockton church uh, is focused on kids and teens. Uh, we're not just focusing on the Van Buskirk community center. No, there are three community centers in the city of Stockton. And our vision is to have a location at every, an influence at every one of those community centers so that we can influence the next generation in Stockton. We're not talking about just ministering to the moms and dads. We're talking about ministering to the boys and girls and teenagers in that culture. We want to transform the culture. We're in this for the next 10 years or longer. We're not going anywhere. We're going to continue to be there. We're going to adjust, change, influence the culture. We're going to see, see one of the mamas told us uh, when, when Veronica went and visited, one of the mamas' response was, and Veronica did such a great job, her and Selena did, in visiting the families that we had been connected with there. And the reaction from one of the mamas was, was simple in the projects. Was, um, the question was, what do you need? Well, my kids need help with homework. So I'm excited to tell you guys that uh, starting shortly, um, Selena is going to be going there along with team members that want to volunteer an hour before our gathering every single week and inviting the kids to the community and helping them with homework. We're going to get them through their homework so they don't fall behind. Just going to do this. But the reason is different than you might think. The reason mama said I went to help with my homework is because, because, you know, we work and we come home from work. We got to go out partying and we're done partying. There's really no energy to help our kids with their, does that, is that, is that kind of backwards to anybody else in your mentality in the way that you think it is? It is anyway with me, but that's the culture. And instead of attacking the culture and correcting and bringing a rebuke, we have to work within the framework of what the culture says. And so we're going to help those kids think differently, not rebel against mom and dad, but see the worldview from a different perspective. And after we've walked the walk for a generation with these kids, we're talking about lots of kids and teens. When we've walked the walk, mentored them, uh, helped them, worked them through, I believe they're going to think differently. They're going to think according to God's good and holy word. And when they think according to this book, they're not going to think about going out and partying. They're going to think about investing their life in something that's bigger than them. Somebody say amen. amen. So, We've got our Stockton influences as a, part of the, as a part of the New Life Network. By the way, none of this would be possible if it wasn't for you. If it wasn't for your influence and for your help, we've got our Spanish, Spanish ministries. We've got, you know, we've got about 35 people that are dialing into to, to the, to the Spanish ministry every week. The challenge with having the people come and, and connect with us on a weekly basis in person is, is there's so many different schedules going. So Carlos is working diligently trying to, trying to continue to minister to these folks that Spanish is their primary, primary language. We're going to continue to minister, but it's significantly funded by this, by our miracle offering. We have our online and our online campus. I am so grateful for what Brian has done, Pastor Brian has done this year with our, with our online ministries. And now we're going to the next level. We've got a vision for this next year of how we're going to take it higher and make it go wider so that we can go faster and further to reach people who don't know Jesus Christ. We want to advance the kingdom of God. Somebody say amen. amen. 
Amen. Amen. So the online campus. We now have, I don't know if you know this, but Brian, correct me if I'm wrong, we have over 300 people that are part of the online campus that dial in with us on a regular basis. That's a big deal, guys. The influence is wide and broad. Uh, in addition to that, I'm, uh, here, I told you to have a big announcement, so I'm gonna share a couple of big announcements with you. We will we'll be having our Modesto campus. Modesto campus, this is a big announcement that I want everybody to be aware of. The Modesto campus, we've had a, uh, listen, you're a part of something that is really special. And we're not worried, we're not consumed with the numbers, we're consumed with the influence. We're consumed with the, the love that we need to do. The way that this thing gets connected. Listen to me, we've had a church approach us that's been struggling in Modesto, and they said we wanna be a part of what God is doing with new life. Would you adopt us as, as a church? So this church is about a 40-year-old church, and uh, so we've been, uh, this, and this has been going on for a long time, we've been having these conversations. This next Sunday night, a week from today, I meet with their membership, our board's been going through these things. We've got an understanding agreement that we're gonna be doing. We're not jumping too quickly, uh, but this is a church that has about seven or 8,000 square foot of buildings, about five different buildings on a few, a few acres. Um, they've been trying to minister to people, uh, but it's been difficult. They need new systems. They need new leadership. They need help in development, and so we're gonna do that. And these 40 people are on board with us, and we're gonna, we're gonna make sure that we do anything short of sin to reach people who do not know Jesus Christ. Did you know that west of the, this is the church that is west of the 99. If you're familiar with Modesto, California, west of the 99 is like the, the not so good side of Modesto, and east of the 99 is where everybody wants to live. All the shopping malls and all the, the, the suburbs and stuff, uh, the neighborhoods, the newer ones are on the east side. It's not one church that's been started west of the 99 in the last 10 years, not one. In fact, more churches have closed on the west side of the 99 than, than have opened on the other side. And so why would we wanna take a church on the west side? Because I believe with all my heart, if you'll go after the ones nobody wants, God will give you the ones that everybody wants. I believe it with everything inside of me. That's why we're in the projects in Stockton. That's why we're gonna continue working with, with any kind of folks that need our assistance. So we're gonna go in, into the west side and we're gonna minister there and you're like, how's this gonna work? Well, <clears throat> I'll fill you in on how that's gonna work as the weeks go on, but I'll be preaching at every single one of the campuses, be teaching there, leadership development all takes place here. We'll be coaching and mentoring and making sure everybody is moving forward, and we're excited to see what God is going, come on, we're excited to see what God is going to do in the city of Modesto. We wanna collaborate with them, we wanna help them become healthy. That's not possible if it wasn't for you helping us in this, in this miracle. Here, here's another big announcement. It can, I don't know if you can see this. In this COVID season, in this COVID season, we have uh, we've got two two sides to the coin about what I'm calling house churches. House churches. Uh, I went away a week and a half ago, two weeks ago, and I went away for a prayer in in Tahoe, and I went away for three days. And when I was there, it wasn't a, it wasn't a, a vacation. It was a time of grappling and wrestling with the Lord. It was a time of of early mornings and late nights. It was a time of, of trying to understand, God, what is it that you, I wanted some answers from the Lord. Not demanding answers, but I needed some answers. I needed to know that I know that I know that thus saith the Lord. And uh, in getting away with God, one of the things that he, he taught me, and it's really s sweet in my spirit still, is um, you know, the Acts 2 model of churches is uh, that people were breaking bread together, meeting together in the houses. They were going to the temple, but they were meeting together in the houses and they were breaking bread and they were praying and following the apostles' teaching. It's a pretty simple formula for church. 
And, and the Lord spoke to me, and then as some conversations went on, and he put some people in my life that have great experience in this, and we have determined that we are launching house churches through New Life Church, and what does that mean? That means that uh, folks that would like to have, uh, be a part of the New Life Network, um, they need to do three things. Of course, besides opening up their home, um, to the folks that they invite, they need to, number one, show the video. Every week I'll preach the same message I'm preaching to you at every one of our campuses, but I will film it on another day, tailored at the beginning and at the end to the house churches, to what's happening in their homes. We'll make sure they get that video on time every time. They'll have to show the video, number one. Number two, they have to pray. There has to be an element of prayer that is in there. Number three, there has to be an element of connection. The way they'll connect is the same uh, discussion guides that we try to get out to you guys every single week so that you can talk about throughout the week the message and what God has spoken to the church. Um, they're gonna go through with their group there, that's there. And then their connection might also be lunch or they might have breakfast, they might have some sort of fellowship time together. We're really not gonna control this. This is, this is um, not big government, this is small government. Uh, we're, gonna let, we're gonna trust the house churches to, to follow those rules. And by being a house church with the New Life Network, we believe that we can reach more and more people. Listen, I wanna, I wanna tell you there, there's a house, we've identified several locations, one of which is probably in Manteca. We've got some people that uh, would be wonderful at doing that. We've got a, a, church, a house church in Tracy. We're talking to some folks about right now that they come to this church. Uh, they, I think they'd really, that would fit for them really well to have a house church. They just gotta invite their neighbors, invite their family, invite their friends to come to their house and enjoy the ministry of the word of God. They can worship together. There's all kinds of worship that we'll offer them if they would like to offer that, but it's, it's church at home. This is, don't think of this as a home group in addition to church. This is church. And this, on the other side of the coin, might be the way that we need to go. It's not if, it is when the church gets shut down again. And so I'm telling you, we have to be ahead of the curve. And I said to the Lord when I was gone, God, please don't let me have to fall in the wake of this again. Let me be ahead of this and see things that maybe I haven't seen before. House churches is the way to go. I, listen, I know you're watching right now. I know you guys are watching in, in Casper, Wyoming, but we've talked to a family in Casper, Wyoming, dear, dear friends of ours, and I believe with all my heart that God is speaking to them, and I'm pretty confident, no pressure, but I'm pretty confident that starting in January, we'll have a house church in Casper, Wyoming. We're gonna have a house church in Brooklyn, Iowa. We're gonna have a house church in Decula, Georgia. These people have committed to us. They wanna be a part of New Life Network. They've been watching online for a long time. They've been connected with our prayer in the evening time, but they haven't been a part of the church. How can they be part of the church. We don't live in a giant world. The world is getting smaller with technology. So we can bring the church together in multiple places, be a part of the network. We can build the kingdom of God and go faster and further than we ever thought that it was possible today. Somebody say amen. Hallelujah. We can do this. We can, we can do this. It's not possible without your investment, without your miracle offering. I'm not done yet. There's more. Um, these are, this is kind of exciting. Groups-based churches. You're like, well, what's that? The Lord's speaking to me, been dealing with me for a long time. There should be groups-based churches. We need to go after people that nobody's going after. There are people that are in the nursing homes today 
that they might have a chaplain. They might have a church that comes by and sings a few old songs with them and preaches to people, but we're not pastoring the people that are there. There is a great difference between preaching to people and pastoring people and ministering to them and walking the walk of faith with them through the final chapter of their life. And so I believe a group-based church that we can have, just one, one example, is in the nursing homes where we have a campus pastor that they pastor the people there. Three segments of people are in the nursing homes. You've got the residents, you've got the residents' families. They're going through quite the trauma as well, aren't they? They can't be there. They have this, this deep sense of guilt and regret that they can't take care of mom or dad at home, but they've got to have them in the nursing home or the rehabilitation center. And number three, you've got the, the, the laborers, the workers that are there. They're seeing this firsthand all the time. I used to work in a nursing home, 17 years old. I was a, I was a senior in high school and I had all my credits already. So they said, you can do the work program if you want to, which meant after lunch, you can go get a job. So I got a job at the nursing home five days a week and my only job was to put on a bright color shirt and white pants, I know, white pants, slick, right, Danielle? You're like, oh, that'd be cool. White, and I had to push a cart around and I had to visit every single one of those residents, about 70 of them every day, for four hours every day. And all I was supposed to do was refill their ice water in their room. Well, I'm very task-oriented at that point. And I'm thinking, I'm gonna fly through this thing, 70 residents, I can get this thing done in about two minutes each, I can have it done in about two hours, what else you got for me? And the director's like, no, 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 no. It's not about filling the ice water. We're not paying you to fill the ice water. We're paying you to look bright and to look cheery, to smile and just to talk. So my job was to go into their rooms and fill their ice water and engage them in conversation, which I never really had a problem with. So just talk to them. Some of them I were very much afraid of. I'm just gonna tell you that. But just, just talk to them. And I went into the room and had conversations. The ones that were crusty and angry that on the outside became ones that I became very, very close to because I just kept being nice to them. And they, they welcomed me in the room. And some of the saddest times that I ever had in my entire life, I wasn't even born again. I was a year away from knowing Jesus, was when I went into the room. I remember going to the room of Leo. Leo was a crusty man. I say crusty and angry, he was. Uh, one time he asked me to butter his toast. I buttered his toast, but I didn't get it all the way to the edges. God forbid I didn't get the butter all the way to, the, anybody know what I'm talking about? He had me do it twice, twice, two more times. Put the butter, put the butter to the edges. Yes, sir, I couldn't try to put the butter, so solid butter, it's not melted butter. Ha, <laughs> ha, I went into Leo's room because we'd become friends and his bed was stripped and there was no sheets on the bed. And where'd Leo go? Leo died last night. I wasn't even a Christian. And I thought nobody should die alone. I'm, I'm almost 50 years old now and that's when I was 17 and it still gets me today. We need to have group-based churches. We need to have somebody, a team of people that take care of and minister to those kids that are looking at mom and dad waste away and wishing that they would be fine and helping them understand that there is life after life, that it's not just a wish and a pipe dream. Heaven is a reality, and they're gonna go from this life into the next life, into the Bible says to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Groups-based church. What about in the jails? What, what, about, what about, listen, we've got a jail. I'm not talking about prison. I'm talking about, we've got a jail here. And why not minister to the people in the jail by pastoring those people? I don't know how. Don't ask. I don't know how. I just have a vision to help, to minister, to teach, to, to help. What, listen, the number one problem this, this year in Manteca, uh, Lathrop area, the number one issue that people have besides COVID, which is obvious, but local issue is the issue of homelessness. What are we going to do with the homeless people? I don't have an answer, but I can help. 
I, I, I mean, you've heard the, well, the proverb the, of all the seashells on the, uh, or all, all the starfish on, on the sand. I mean, you can't save them all, but you can save this one and throw it back in the water. We can do something. And so my vision is, why don't, why don't we go to the homeless encampments? Why don't we have a church there? Not a ministry, not an not a outreach, not a, we want to change the way you think and get you in a three-bedroom, two-bath house and get you a 40-hour-a-week job. 70% of those people don't want to change. They want to stay exactly the way they are. They like their life the way they are. Let's quit wasting time about insulting their, their, their culture and minister to the spirit of that human being and understand that God loves them as much as he loves you, as much as he loves me. I know they're messed up. A lot of them have drug problems. Well, a lot of y'all have drug problems too. It's just not the same type of drugs, but we, we've got issues. So we need to go after the ones that nobody, listen, you go after the ones nobody wants, God will give you the ones that everybody wants. I believe that. So why, we've got resources. We've got access to a shower trailer. We own a giant, big old barbecue out there. Why don't we just go we'll have every, every week? We don't even have to find where they're at. Well, they'll come to us. We just need to set it up and do it. What about a group-based church where we're ministering to the homeless as human beings? Not as we've got an agenda that you need to change to become like me but you need to change to become like Jesus. And when you do that, when you change the inside, God will take care of the outside. So we've got these groups-based churches. Danielle, what about ministering to the deaf? Look at little Danielle, wave at me, Danielle. Danielle is very fluent in sign language. And she came to us in Stockton. She's got hearing difficulties and challenges. We've got another lady in our church that is very fluent in sign language. I remember asking God last week, God, what am I supposed to do? What, how, do how can we creatively minister? Are there any people groups that we're missing? And he asked me the same question that he asked Moses. What's in your hand? What's in your hand? Moses is like a stick, throw it down, change it. Whoa, it changed. That was used powerfully. What's in your hand, Troy? What do you have? What resources are available? I got a couple of people that are fluent in sign language. Did you know that the fastest growing segment of church plants in the state of California in 2020 or 2019, excuse me, was the deaf culture? More churches started for the deaf culture. The baby boomers can't hear anything now. I'm just telling you the truth, right? Because they blew their ears out. Y'all, yeah, no one and, um, and so the, the deaf culture is a big deal. So why don't we have a groups-based church. I don't care if it's on the side and they've got eight or 10 or 12 or 15 people. I don't care what it is. I don't know what the structure is, but God is calling us to go faster and further than we ever thought that was possible. We cannot do this without you. I'm talking without your faith and your faith ignited. And the way we do this is annually at this church. We don't take special offerings every week. We don't even spend a lot of time on the offering. We're not up here 20 minutes talking about the offering every week and pass it around again. It's not enough. We don't do that. What we do do is trust you and teach you God's word. And then once a year, we come to you and say, would you help us go faster and further than we ever thought that it was possible? We'll do anything short of sin to reach people who do not know Jesus Christ. But to reach people that nobody is reaching, we're going to have to do things that nobody else is doing. We were only able to have one of our two camps that we have every year for kids and teens. We had our one in the wintertime. Because of your miracle offering, because of your giving last year, we were able to give uh, in excess of $5,000 in camp scholarships to kids, a lot of whom were from the projects last year in Stockton to be able to go to the epic uh, winter camp. Thank you. 
missionaries, missions projects. We support four missionaries. You were able to help us give $2,500 to them. You were also able to help us with, did you know that we were not, we did not have our 5K? For those of you that aren't familiar with what we do, we helped start an orphanage in Ensenada, Mexico. Uh, every year in May, we do a 5K run, walk, uh, and we raise money for uh, the, 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 uh, the orphanage. Um, we weren't able to do that because of COVID this year, but we still were able to raise $2,000 and send, because of your miracle gifts, and send to them $2,000, and they got that money. I heard from Consuela, they got that money just in time because they were behind on their rent. Every church had dropped them because of COVID. They had no outside support, and our money came through, and that $2,000 went way further than you can even possibly imagine. Months and months and months and months of their rent was caught up and prepaid because of that, and they're able to continue to care for It's It's so- all-girls orphanage. Praise God. We were able to give this year um, $5,000, a little over $5,000 to what's called the Church Multiplication Network. Not only are we planting our own churches, but we don't just believe in the Jerusalem and the Judea, but we believe in, in, in the outermost parts of the world. And so we want to help other churches and other regions get started. I believe that. And so in doing so, because of your miracle offering gifts, we were able to give in excess of $5,000 to plant churches that you will never, ever know about. I will never know about. But one day, just like you sitting here, somebody's gonna come to you in heaven and greet you and hug you and embrace you and not let go of you because you committed, because you committed your hard-earned income, your hard-earned resources to help somebody come to know Jesus in a region you have no idea is happening right now. I'm, this is bigger than us. How about, how about grandma's groceries? My wife is, leads grandma's groceries. You know what? Grandma's groceries are, is our food pantry. Hundreds of families have been helped. This has been the COVID season. Uh, hundreds of families have been helped. A little bit different this year. Lots, I mean, lots of food has been given out because of you guys. But more than that, toilet paper has been given out through grandma's groceries. We bought so much toilet paper on the black market when we were in the middle of COVID. I tell you black market because that's exactly, when somebody has a place on the internet and you kind of go to them and you kind of got to speak in code and he shows up with a truck and he's like, here's the stuff, you got the cash, I won't take a check, I'll take cash. And that's black market toilet paper is what that is. <laughs> Whoever thought that we'd be in the black market toilet paper business at New Life Church, but apparently we were and we have the whole lobby like chuck full of toilet paper and during that season we're bringing you all kinds of, help, right? Um, uh, bringing all kinds of help, people that we knew and people that we didn't know. Thanks to Norma uh, and, their, and their family, we were able to give out hundreds of eggs to people. Hundreds of eggs to people. That's a big deal. Yes, through this ministry, it's a big deal. People needed food. They needed stuff. I'm telling you, God always provides, and it is a miracle what he does. If you could be on this side of the desk and just sit in amazement at how God continually comes through and know that you can't share most of the stories because it's not your story to share. But once a year, I can share a few things. The counseling center. My wife is the counselor of and has worked really hard academically and educationally to prepare herself, not to mention um, experientially, to help people with counseling issues. Did you know in 2019, we had about 500 counseling sessions, which we thought was amazing in a year? In 2020, because we had to be closed for a period of time because they weren't allowing us to be, even be inside. Y'all remember? Even so, we're up to well over 600 and we still have a, a six, seven weeks of the year left of counseling sessions. I'm t- if you knew what was happening, 
what we didn't have this year. Um, what we didn't have this year were some teenage caskets that were up here of young people who were suicidal. And I'm not, this is no hyperbole, this is, this is serious. What we didn't have this year were multiple divorces. We have people that are saying, I'm sticking with this thing. I'm not gonna give up. I believe that my God is able and willing to see me through. What we, what we had this year were parents being resourced in a season in which if there's ever been a season where parents need to be resourced, <laughs> it was this year. Because they realize, um, yeah, I don't like my kid that much right now. Can they go back to school? <laughs> Not every parent, but I mean, come on. We help. Depression. Depression, it, it, it doesn't happen right away. But depression gets lifted and tools, most importantly, tools are administered. What people, you know, I got all kinds of tools in my in my garage. I, I, don't, um, I don't necessarily know how to use all of them correctly, right? <laughs> so it's not just giving people tools, it's teaching people how to use those tools so that they can use them correctly and be efficient so they can work toward health. And I'm just, this, this ministry, this, uh, one second. This ministry of the, of, Satan, I bind you right now. This ministry of, that we do in, of the counseling here is heavily, heavily, heavily subsidized. We never once, never once turn somebody away, and we will never do that because they can't afford to take the discounted session. I mean, normally it's $200 for an hour session for counseling of this nature, but we do it for 50, and then a lot of times we do it for people they can't afford just for, we'll do it for nothing because we count on subsidies. And you guys help. Miracle Offering helps this. What, that's what, you wanna know what it's going for? That's what it's helping people. It's helping people get, get healthy. I applied for a grant for our church back before COVID. And uh, when COVID struck and we're like, are we, we probably, they probably don't even have the funds now to fund that grant. And we did get a check in the mail uh, a couple weeks ago. The, the reason we applied for the grant was because of our counseling center. We're like, this is what we're asking you for. Um, could you help us uh, underwrite people that can't afford counseling? And we got, we received a check in the mail of $18,400 to help underwrite, come on now, to help underwrite people that need to get healthy and whole. But the need is so great. The need is so great. The ministry, uh, by the way, we're, I'm, I'm pleased to tell you that we're not only gonna be doing our, our counseling sessions here, uh, uh, but we're also gonna be taking a full day a week to go to this campus beginning in January to serve people in that community and talk about people that are gonna need help economically to underwrite this to make sure that it's, it's I'm telling you, we are gonna see some miracles happen. Amen. We're doing this. And, and, and I'm not asking, I'm inviting. I'm leading you. And I want you to go on the mission with me. Um, ministry Training Center, we have these interns that had, they started off as interns and then they became, uh, they had the leadership positions. And now I'm pleased to tell you that they're pastors. They're getting their pastoral licenses. This is a big deal. This is all happening. So, so you're like, and here, here's another thing. All of these are being staffed by people that we raised up in the New Life Network since we began the Lathrop Campus. Every one of them. We're not asking for people from outside to come in. I'm not opposed to that. But we're, we're, raising, we're doing what Jesus said to do. 
You're doing that. You're helping us do that. You're not keeping my hands tied because there's not enough resources to meet the need. You're fulfilling your part. And together we are seeing absolute miracles take, take place. Praise God. So we scholarship our ministry training center students. I don't know if you know that, but everybody who applies automatically gets a scholarship. And then if they need more help, we'll assist them. Where's that money come from? There is no pie in the sky magic place it comes from. We don't write some district office or national uh, uh, office somewhere and they send us. We're not, we don't have that. It comes from you. It comes from the miracle offering. We know that to whom much is given, much is required. We know that God will give us. He owns it all, but he'll give it to us. Listen, this church is ready to love and to grow and to reach and to give and to plant, to multiply and to, to prevail. But some people are like, and I'm just gonna be real with you. Some people are like, when are we gonna kind of slow down a little bit, Troy? When are you gonna ease up on the gas pedal just a little bit? Don't we need to take a breath? Some people even use like scriptures and the things like um, uh, a double-minded man is unstable. And all. I ain't double-minded. I am, I am laser focused on what God has for us. There's no way that that, listen, we know what the, a thus saith the Lord moment. And I know that I can only do what I can do but together, we're unstoppable in what we can do for the kingdom of God. Don't you want your life to count for something? Don't you want, I know you've got your family and your, your bubble, but don't you want your worldview, your impact, your influence to really count for something? So when are we gonna take a break? We're not going to take a break. I have got 15 years of solid energy left in me. That's my prediction. Then I'll be 65. And at that point, I might start shifting it down to second gear a little bit. You know what I mean? But I am gonna be, I'm gonna be all the way up, revved up for the kingdom of God in the next 15 years. We are not gonna stop until we hear the words, well done, good and faithful servant. We're not gonna stop. Too many people are living without hope around us. Too many people are repeating the same hopeless patterns because they're stuck. Too many kids and teens see no way out right now. Too many seniors are facing end-of-life situations without a church family or a pastor to walk with them. Too many families are breaking apart at the seams because they don't know how to fix it. They don't even know what it is. They just know that it, it's painful. It hurts right now. Too many good people are being bound by the demonic realm through addiction, and we need to do something about this. Too many single parents feel like they're all alone in this journey, and too many people lack purpose and meaning and new life church has been called to be the church and to reach people with the only cure to the most deadly pandemic disease of all of human history and it is not the coronavirus it is not COVID-19 it is spelled S-I-N and we have got the answer to this pandemic in our culture and we can change the curve we can help people get free we can help people become healed and whole and healthy again. Somebody say amen. amen. We have the power to do this together by the anointing of the Holy Spirit according to God's word with Jesus at the helm. Our job is to grip the plow. Don't let go of the plow. Keep on plodding. Keep on moving forward. This miracle offering is pretty powerful. It's like the young family a couple weeks ago, I said um, in the church when I was talking about miracle offering coming up, I said, you know, maybe that's why you didn't have your family vacation this year. Maybe that's the reason. I had a young family come up to me and tell me they had a conversation with their kids 
and they, about that same thing, because that was true for them. They didn't go on their family vacation, and they had the budget for their family vacation, and they had planned on saving that budget for their family vacation for next year's family vacation. But they decided, well, God provides every year for our family vacation, so he'll provide next year for the family vacation. So kids, what do you think about giving the family vacation fund to the miracle offering so people can come to know Jesus? I am so proud of that young family. Thank you for your sacrifice. Or the teenager, this young lady who told me that she'd been saving all year for this, she gets it. It's a predetermined resolution, a predetermined decision. A year ago, when we announced we're gonna do one next year, this young lady began to save. And she said, I've been saving this entire year. I'm so, I'm so proud of her. Thank you for your sacrifice. The child, the little kid who said they're gonna give to the miracle offering, train up a child on the way they should go. It's not about the money. It's about the commitment, it's about the vision, it's about helping. And I'm so proud of him, thank you. To the senior saint who said, listen, I've got a fixed income, I don't live on very much, but I've been planning for this, and they're genuinely cheerful and excited about giving. I'm telling you, thank you for your sacrifice. We are blessed to be a blessing. We are blessed to be, to be a blessing. Somebody say amen. It's not about how much I can keep. It's not about how much I can hoard. It's about how much I can make a difference with what God has entrusted to me. To whom much is given, much is required. Hmm. Some of you are gonna give today. You're gonna give out of your abundance. This has been a good year for you. Now I realize the news and everybody says it's been a bad year, but for some families, it's been a really good year for them. I mean, um, I was told about uh, uh, a glass company um, uh, they, they, they create, they make glass for windows and it's a factory and it happens to be located in Minneapolis. And I heard the pastor say, um, yeah, the, the owner of the glass company said, I know everybody else is struggling right now, pastor, but, but, um, what can I do to help? Because for us, this has been a banner year. The more windows people are breaking out in Minneapolis, the more windows people have to buy. And so he said, I'm doing really good this year. I don't know what it is. I know hardware stores are doing really good. You know, I don't know what it is. Maybe this was a, a banner year for you and God has blessed you and you know it. And you want to give out of your abundance. Hallelujah. Maybe you want to give out of a sense of freedom. You, know, you used to be ruled by debt and credit cards and keeping up with the Joneses, but God has helped you gain financial peace. Or maybe you were ruled by an addiction before in your life, and you're no longer ruled by that. God has broken those chains in your life, and you want to help others find freedom in their life. Maybe some people are going to give today, and some people already did at the last gathering, because you're trusting God is going to come through for you even though you haven't seen the answer yet. Hmm. Maybe you're waiting on your miracle and you're mustering all the spiritual strength that you possibly can to provide a miracle for other people while you're waiting for God and you have the faith for God to come through for you in your area. James 1.12 says, blessed is the man who perseveres under trial for when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life that God has promised to those who love him. So you're waiting for your miracle and you're giving out of that. To me, this is so exciting. Our goal today is $60,000, $60,000. Why do we do this? We wanna finish 2020 well, and we wanna start 2021 in the right position because there's a lot that we need to get accomplished and a lot that we need to do. And so the money that you give is used to serve people in a variety of ways. And these are the ways, we went through those. This is not about paying the light bill. That's what your tithes go for. This is an offering above and beyond that. 
that we use strategically to help us reach people with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And let me tell you two things. Number one, don't do the math, just do your part. It's so important that you get this. Don't do the math, $60,000 looking around this room. Well, that just seems impossible. Don't do the math, just do your part. By the way, if you do wanna do the math, I did the math, you know, because we all do the math, right, Michael? I mean, you, know, you can't be like, I'm not going to do the math. You're doing the math. That's, that's 50 people giving $1,200. You're like, $1,200 is a lot. No, that's $100 a month. It's $25 a week. If you plan, predetermined in your life, we could do this pretty easily. But don't do the math because it's not as simple as that, is it? Life happens. Don't do the math. Just do your part. Number two, not equal amounts, but equal sacrifice. I'm looking at my daughter, Kyler. She got married a year ago, and she ain't got no money, right? She is, she is B-roke, put it together, okay? That's, and so, um, I'm sorry, I don't mean to embarrass you, but you got nothing. <laughs> and, 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 and so, but we've all, how many of y'all been there? Yes, right? Yeah, you start off, and that's just the way it is. Not equal amounts. Girl, hear me. It's equal sacrifice. Jesus talked about this, didn't he? The widow's might. Oh, whoa, 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 she gave more than all y'all combined. It's, it's not equal amounts, it's equal sacrifice. Some of us still believe that age-old lie that Satan whispers to us, your gift won't matter. It's not true at all. Your gift matters. Maybe you got an unexpected gain this year, I don't know. Maybe you, you choose to sacrifice, like that family, we'll do this and we won't do this. That's called sacrifice. That's a big, big deal. Maybe some of you have been saving up for this day. My wife and I are genuinely excited about this. It was fun last night to finish our things and see what we have. And, you know, we set the cash. Does everybody know what cash is? It's that green stuff. Anybody know? Anybody still use that stuff? Um, no, I know. It's stew. It's dirty, right? But uh, if you don't want it, send it my way. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but uh, so we don't get much cash in our lives like most people. So we put the cash aside and then we took out that cash and what? You know, so that was like part of what we decided to give. And then we gave also. And I, I'm just so excited. Whatever, just remember, not equal amounts, but equal sacrifice. So we're not going to slow down. We're not going to quit. We're not going to back off. We're not going to hit cruise control for a little while. And I realize you can't do everything. I know that. But you can do your part. Romans chapter 10, verse, verse number 13. For whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. You don't know their names right now. I don't know their names right now. But there are a bunch of whoever's that are out there. There are a bunch of whoever's that are out there that need to come to know Jesus Christ. And whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Whoever in, in Stockton at the community centers, whoever here in Lathrop, whoever in River Islands, whoever that speaks Spanish, whoever that we meet online, whoever at Modesto, whoever in our house churches all across this country, I believe, whoever at our groups-based churches and the nursing homes and the jails and the homeless, whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Amen. And then verse 14 and 15, how then shall they call on him in whom they've not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they've not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel of peace, who bring glad tidings of good things. 
We are bringing good news. That, needs, that is the focus. It needs to be the key to this all. We're bringing good news. And I want to propel, advance the gospel of Jesus Christ to go faster and further than we ever could imagine. That's why we're doing all this. This is all for Jesus. And so um, I want to talk to you a second, just $60,000. That's the goal. It's not, a, it's not too alarming. And here's what I mean by that. You're going to look back on this year, five years from now, when we're taking a quarter of a million dollar or a half a million dollar miracle offering. Somebody say amen. amen. You're going to look back on this $60,000 goal and you're going to go, pshaw. I'm, I'm not looking at it right now as pshaw. I'm saying this is just as big of a deal as the half a million dollars is going to be a few years down the road. Listen. Um, God has anointed me in my life to prophetically speak his word, to foretell his word, but he's also anointed me to foretell what will happen. I am not speaking as just a visionary. I'm not speaking hyperbole. Nothing happens for lack of vision. It, vision is what people need. That's what you're getting. I'm not setting goals. These aren't resolutions. Well, it looked like a pretty good thing to write on the board back then. This is serious. This is heart attack all in, family all in, not a chip in my pocket. We're going for it, investing my life, head on my deathbed one day, no regrets, no looking back. We're doing this together. That's what family is. This is vision. And we're saying to you, this will come to pass. It will come to pass. The question is, will you be a part of that? Will you be able to look back and say, man, I remember those days. I was a part of that. And if God did it before, God will do it again. We're doing this thing. And the Lord spoke to me when I was standing by Lake Tahoe, right on the corner in a little area of, just right on the ledge there are some rocks. And I was praying about today. And he said to me, because I'm like, well, you know, God, can I, can I just be real with you and raw for a second? It is kind of COVID, like not everybody's come back yet to church and a lot of people are still watching online. And it's really easy just to turn that one off, right? Um, and, you know, maybe people don't have a lot right now and it's a real difficult. He said, listen, Troy, the resources are there. You just have to tell them what I tell you to tell them and trust me that I'll come through. So, okay, Lord, okay, okay. So when you give today, the Lord is saying you are literally fueling the vision and bringing increase to the kingdom. One more scripture I'd like to share with you. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse number 6. I planted, this is Paul's words. I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. Paul planted the churches. Apollos fed them, watered the churches. But, but who, who gave the increase? God, God, God gave the increase some plant some water but the per but the whole point of this thing is God makes it grow I am not in the role of the Holy Spirit it's God's job to grow it my job is to grip the plow my job is to put one foot in front of the other keep things online and do what he's told us to do God will bring the increase and may another whosoever come to know 
Jesus Christ and the gates of hell. Some of my friends talked to me last couple weeks. Why are you still in California? Isn't everybody moving out of California? They don't live here. They live in different parts of the country. Isn't everybody moving out of California? Well, that's kind of like what the world sees right now, that there's just, I don't know how that, if that's really true or not, but, but no, not everybody's moving out of California, but, but their perspective is, why wouldn't you want to just minister? My perspective is, you do that. You're called to that, that field, you go to that field. And yes, you know what, when you're going where there's 80% Christians and you have a church of thousands of people and more and more people are coming every day and that sounds exciting doesn't it and my head would that's not what God has called us to and I say us that's why you're still here God has called us to something bigger light shines brightest in the darkest of fields and we're in a pretty dark field here guys I'm not painting a grim picture I'm painting a bright picture can can you see the potential can you see what God could do? I mean, this is a big deal. I'm not going anywhere. We are in this for our lives. I want you to be in this thing for your life also. So may the gates of hell not prevail against the Central Valley of California and anywhere new life has a presence. Amen? Father, thank you for this time together. Thank you, Lord, that you've called us to a mighty, mighty vision. Thank you, Lord, that you're not done with us, you're not through with us, that you've got work to do. We ask, God, that you lead and guide us for those, God, that came in here thinking that they were going to do this. I pray, God, that you would enlarge their vision. God, I pray that you'd help us to have faith and not just uh, uh, know what we can, but trust you for what we don't think we can and see you come through for us in magnitudes that we can't even imagine right now. Lord, I pray that you would help us do what we should do. In Jesus' name, amen and amen, amen. and amen. So here's how this is going to work today, just like every year. You've got a miracle offering envelope. That's the envelope you need to use. I would like you to put your cash or your check in the miracle offering envelope. And in a few minutes when the worship team plays, I would like for you to bring to me up front. Normally we take your offering. Um, I'm going to go stand over by the cross. I'd like you to bring to me, bring it to the Lord. I can't give you a hug this year like I like to do every year because it just break the rules. Um, but what I can do is I can, I can look you in the eyes and say thank you. And then once you've given these to me, we're going to tally the total. We already have the total from the first gathering this morning. And this total is going to continue through next Sunday because every year there's just more and more that comes in and some people are waiting until the, the, they find out what the total is so they can help uh, reach that goal that we have. But don't, don't wait for somebody else. Equal sacrifice, equal sacrifice. So trust the Lord. Maybe you should pray for a moment before you fill it out. If you want to give by the kiosk or at the top of this, it says you can go to newlifechurch or give, or it has the text to give number. But we want you to give it today. And uh, I want you to fill this out and on your campus, just put Lathrop and then bring it to me over here. And then we're going to worship for a few minutes. And Pastor Trinity is going to, uh, she is going to share with you the total uh, that we're up to so far. And then she'll close the gathering out in just a few moments today. Hallelujah, New Life Church. Somebody say amen. What a privilege it is to be a part of the family of God. I'll meet you at the cross.
just a minute while the numbers are being tallied and, and while they are, uh, would you allow me to encourage you for just a second? Um, first of all, take a deep breath. Imagine working for him. The spirit of the Lord is heavy upon our pastor. And it's heavy upon this church. And if you've been called to be a part of this, it's not because this is what you do on Sunday. It's because you're a part of something really, really, really big. So take a deep breath. We're scattering seed. You're not going to be a part of all of it, but you're going to be a part of something. And you're a part of something really big today. But I want to challenge us this morning a little bit on what we expect will happen after this morning. I went to Chipotle this week. I went to pick up a catering order. It's a mess. You have to call. I called the restaurant. I'm like, I want to do a catering order. They're like, sweet, you have to call our 1-800 number. I'm like, is the 1-800 number going to make my food? They're like, no, we make your food. I'm like, can I tell you what I want? They're like, no, you got to call the 1-800 number. So I called the 1-800 number and they're like, we don't know if we can do that. Let us call the store. And I was like, well, I just called over there and I don't know that they know either. So we're on a three-way call, me, the restaurant, and the 1-800 number. And I'm like, can you just make the food? And so I called and I made this order and I went to pick it up. I've done this a few times before. And uh, I went in and got my food and the guy that was there was really nice. He brought everything out and I was like, great. And then we both just stood there staring at each other for a second. And I was like, can, um, can I pay with a card? And he's like, oh, it's, it's paid for, you're good. And okay, pause for just a second. I knew I didn't pay for this food, okay? Like I knew I hadn't, like I, I'm not, all there all the time but I'm, I'm pretty solid on our budget so I knew I hadn't paid for the food I was not as shocked as some might be though because this has happened to me before uh, whether there was you know just money that came out of nowhere or somebody paid for my order this stuff has happened to me before as my husband and I have been faithful so I was like I'm not that surprised but but he was like yeah you have to pay for it with the 1-800 number and I was like oh this again you guys really know so I was like, can you, but can you check for me just real quick? Cause I don't think I paid for this food and I just don't want to walk out of here with food that I didn't pay for. And he's like, it really is paid for, but I'll just go check real quick. And I was like, okay, well, I, I have a minute cause I don't want to go home. My husband has the kids. So I'll wait here and you go check and see if it's paid for. And he goes back like all happy snappy and he comes back out, his face is like sheet white. Cause this was a pretty big order was for a lot of people. And he's like, you were right. They, it wasn't, thank you very much for not leaving cause it was not paid for. And um, so I paid for the food um, and then I, I left and I um, was just kind of a weird interaction. I went out and got into my car with the new life bumper sticker on it and adjusted I hadn't realized I was wearing my new life sweatshirt and took off my no matter what Jesus offers hope mask and I heard the spirit of the Lord speak to me I did I'm not being dramatic he spoke to me in my car I had to stare for just a few minutes he said the blessing was not that your food was paid for I wouldn't be ordering the food if I couldn't afford it right that's good stewardship the blessing was not that my food was paid for the blessing was that I was standing in a crowded area of a restaurant, a bunch of other door dashers and people there to pick up their restaurant and all the employees that were helping bring the food out to me and the manager of that restaurant 
witnessing somebody who purported to serve Jesus Christ making an honest decision. The blessing was not that my food was paid for. The blessing was that I had an opportunity to represent the king. And I did it well. And I failed a lot in my life. But in this case, I, I walked higher for the rest of the day because I had represented Jesus. So the Bible says, if you're faithful in a little, I'm going to be faithful to you in a lot. If you're faithful in a little, I'm going to give you a lot. And a lot of times we treat that like a formula. If I'm faithful with $10, he's going to give me $100. If I'm faithful with $100, he's going to give me $1,000. But God didn't say that. So we can't hold him to something that he didn't say. What he said is, if you're faithful in the little, I'm going to be faithful to you in a lot. I submit to you this morning that maybe the money is a little. Money really isn't that big of a thing. It feels like it is when you don't have it. And I've been there. But money is a virtually limitless resource. Like you can always find more money or make more money. Um, and by that I mean like earn more money. Please don't like print your own money. And if you do, don't put it in the miracle offering. But you can always get more money. You really can. Money is not that big of a deal. Money is a pretty small thing, especially for a God that owns everything. So for what us feels like a plunge into the biggest faith journey of our life really isn't that big of a thing for God. The amounts that we're talking about could never be big enough to give God pause. What if when we're faithful in the little with our money, the lot that he gives us is not a lot of money? What if when we're faithful in the little, what if we get deeper relationships? What if we get wider influence? What if we have more wisdom and understanding? What if we have an opportunity to represent the King and His kingdom? Don't play games with God this week. Don't look at the amount that you gave any of us and walk away going, how are you going to match that, God? That's not the point. The point is for our wallets to be a little bit lighter. The point is for us to feel it a little bit. It's really not sacrificial giving if we don't. The point is not for us to give to get. The point is for us to give to a God who's given us everything. And as he sees how we're faithful in the little, in this minuscule thing called money that really does not matter in the grand scheme of eternity, he will trust us with ready to hear the results so far? Pastor Troy, forgive me. I don't know if I'm to just... Are you ready for this? The total so far. $21,706 given this morning here at Lathrop. $26,073 at River Islands for a total of $47,000 so far. Can you give God praise for that amount this morning? Can you give him praise, God? <laughs> God, we thank you for what you've done. 
We thank you, Lord, that for any one of us, while money is small to you, this is huge for us. And as we go throughout the week and through the rest of the campuses and we continue to collect this, God, we just know you're going to continue to do big things. But Lord, we don't thank you for the money. We thank you for the influence. We thank you for the opportunity. We thank you for the blessing. We thank you, God, that you are doing good things in us and you're doing good things through us. So Father, for whatever reason and however you've called us to operate as part of this church, whatever campus, whatever house church, however technology is involved in that, whatever ministries we're a part of, whatever jobs you've called us to do, we choose to do them cheerfully, happily, excitedly, passionately. God, we do all we do for your glory. So take this, take this offering and use it how you will. God, we bless your holy name and we give you praise for what you've done and what you're going to do. And it is in the mighty name of Jesus that this church prayed and said, amen, amen, amen. Praise God. Thank you. Thank you for your sacrifice. Those of you that are giving online, those of you that weren't able to join us this morning, those of you that God is still working on your heart, you can continue to give throughout the week and we'll have a final total for you next Sunday. May God bless you so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you may abound in every good work. God bless you, church. You're dismissed. <laughs>